This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live on a Friday. Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer joining you from Grand Forks and Pizek, uh, North Dakota, respectively, uh, the formerly frozen tundra of the northern part of the Diocese of Fargo. We may actually be breaking 60 degrees here, so uh, the suntan lotion is within reach, and uh, spring is uh, in, in full swing here, as uh, certainly it is for the rest of our listening area. Well, we're grateful to have you with us, and uh, did you know that you can listen to Real Presence Live and any of the daily programs you hear in RPR via our app. We invite you to go to the App Store on your phone, search for Real Presence Radio, and once downloaded, Real Presence Radio is accessible anywhere you are at any time. So we invite you to download that Real Presence Radio app for your smartphones or tablets. Now we have with us from the Minnesota Catholic Conference to uh, update us on what's happening on the uh, other side of our border, Jason Atkins. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Good morning. It's great to be with you from East Dakota. Uh, from your lips to God's ears. We love that. Okay. <laughs> and first of all, I just want to mention, um, you've been very generous with your time in a number of different uh, Real Presence Live uh, segments, and we want to thank you for your availability to uh, keep us up to date on things that are happening there. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure, and it, I hope that our listeners uh, really find value in hearing what's going on at the Capitol from a Catholic perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, when we entered into uh, 2020, you probably were expecting that you would be, as usual, uh, up to your elbows in legislative session uh, activities. It it turned out somewhat differently with um, uh, more of a focus on the executive branch and uh, some of the things that uh, Governor Waltz has been needing to do since the coronavirus pandemic hit. And so we'd like to visit with you about some of the different uh, things that you've been doing in terms of uh, advocacy on, part of the, on the part of Minnesota Catholic Congress. Conference. Um, there is a, uh, a letter that you've signed on to that has been sent to the governor um, uh, dealing with emergency education relief funds. Can you explain a little bit more about that, please? Sure. It's important for listeners to know that during this time of emergency, the work of advocating for human dignity and the common good goes on, and it's especially important during these times uh, when people make decisions in a crisis, they need to do so in an informed and reasonable way, and so the church thinks on the front lines of that, and as you said, it certainly modifies our legislative agenda, but it puts uh, some things that we were trying to fight off, like the legalization of marijuana and assisted suicide, it fortunately puts those in the background, but we still have to be right on the front line. So we sent three letters to the governor after our last, uh, after the last time I was on this show, okay. in concert with a number of different uh, coalition groups uh, regarding uh, uh, garnishment of wages, education funding... Okay. Uh, but also um, uh, prison helping to ensure the well-being of prisoners. You asked about the education funding. And in the Federal CARES Act that was passed by Congress, uh, there was emergency education stabilization funding, and governors were given a large pool of funds from which to assist uh, students and, and help uh, education efforts, whether it's uh, K-12 or college or whatever. And so what our letter was in the concert with a number of other groups was to ask that non-public school students be treated equitably in the allocation of those funds. And just as uh, children and, and non-public schools and non-public schools are on, uh, facing the, the challenges of the COVID-19 public health response, non-public schools have had to shut down. And in response, we should also be part of the solution. So really advocating for our Catholic schools 
and the students in those Catholic schools, but not just Catholic schools, all non-public schools, uh, to be assisted as well in that process. And people sometimes forget that if uh, Catholic schools were to close and all those students migrated to public schools, it would put enormous pressures on the state budget. And so we're really um, uh, right now trying to not only receive assistance for our non-public school students, but recognize that our non-public schools do a great service to the community and that in these uh, COVID-19 relief packages for education institutions, that non-public school students and schools shouldn't be left behind. Now, Jason, you also signed on another letter where you're seeking an executive order prohibiting the garnishment of federal stimulus payments. What, what's that all about? Well, uh, you know, the stimulus payments that were sent to people and have begun being sent uh, as a response to this challenge, this economic challenge, uh, those are meant for people to be a bridge to cover basic expenses, to get food, rent, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not a lot for $1,200 for an individual, um, more so for families up to $6,400, which is not insignificant by any means. Uh, but that's meant to be a bridge and to cover basic expenses. It was not the intent of Congress. Uh, to have those wages be garnished by debt collectors. And that's what can happen, is that debt collectors can get a court order garnishing wages if you have debt, and though they have a right to those wages when you've incurred debt, at the same time we need these these stimulus payments to reach people and to make sure they have basic needs covered. So apart from child support payments, we've uh, asked the governor to put a stop to the garnishment of stimulus checks by private debt collectors. Mm-hmm. One of the um, corporal works of mercy is to visit the imprisoned, and uh, I understand that uh, another letter that you signed on to is interested in the protection of those in prison. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, prisoners, I think those in prison uh, are, are particularly subject to what Pope Francis calls the throwaway culture, is that there are certain people who are inconvenient, um, the unborn, the elderly, the disabled, and, and especially prisoners, and because They've committed a crime, uh, therefore they're deemed expendable. We can put them in prison and lock them away and forget about them. But uh, those are still people uh, who are created in the image and likeness of God and have dignity. Uh, we know confined spaces, like we're learning about a lot of the COVID cases uh, in Minnesota, are really focused on long-term care facility and nursing homes. And so prisons are the same way. You have people living together in a confined space. And so this COVID-19 uh, virus threatens the well-being and safety of those in prison. So what we advocated for in a very bipartisan way, but a group of organizations that truth be told being pretty conservative, so it's not a left-right issue as some think, um, advocating the Department of Corrections and the governor take action that's already within their power either, uh, normally through statutory means or through the governor's emergency powers to protect uh, prisoners from uh, this particular outbreak. And what that means is that prisoners who have very little time left in their sentence um, and who don't pose a threat to public safety, they could be released early into some sort of home confinement because we're at stay at home orders anyway, but also elderly uh, prisoners and those pre-existing, some of them with pre-existing conditions, again, if it does not pose a threat to public safety because of the nature of their offense, that they be transferred as well, but also ensure the well-being of prison workers um, and uh, create proper sanitation methods. It's a really uh, asking the governor to take specific and concrete steps to protect all those who are part of our corrections facility and not forget prisoners in response to this crisis. Mm -hmm. 
Well, for those who are just joining us, you're tuned in to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer are here with you today. We are visiting with Jason Adkins from the Minnesota Catholic Conference. You can find out a lot about what they're doing by uh, logging on to their website, which is mncatholic.org. And, uh, you know, over the last few weeks, I can only imagine, you know, we only know the half of the strain that uh, governors of various states have been under uh, with uh, the decisions that they are having to make and all of the different ways that they're being tugged and pulled, you know, um, by their constituencies. Uh, just kind of from your armchair quarterback angle, uh, Jason, can you just share with us some of your reflections about um, uh, how uh, Governor Waltz is doing and and uh, how he's uh, been, you know, uh, in touch with you folks in particular? Well, our bishops know Governor Waltz on March 25th, and we're, of course, in regular contact with his staff. Um, it's a challenging environment because the capital is shut down right now, and so uh, you know, cell phones and, and you said armchair, and that's about right. I feel like I'm sitting in my uh, rocking chair in my remote command center uh, with a <laughs> cell phone and a computer in front of me. I wake up, I eat my Wheaties, and then by, uh, it's dinner time before I know it. So things are moving so quickly, and despite the fact that we're working in strange ways, it's, there's there's not a shortage of things to do right now in response to this crisis, and so. I think Governor Walls overall is doing a very good job showing the leadership that he learned uh, as uh, someone in the military, but also as a school teacher as well. So he's an educator and a good communicator, but also understands administration uh, very well. And I think he's done a very commendable job taking a reasonable route. He understands that the best way to the president's heart is flattery. <laughs> so <laughs> unlike other Democratic governors, uh, uh, he's been uh, praised by President Trump. Uh, so that's uh, he knows diplomatically how to work with people. I think it's been clear that uh, a lot of people are looking to Minnesota as a leader in this crisis. Vice President Pence will be coming to Mayo Clinic, um, I believe, early next week to understand what they're doing with regard to testing here. Um, I think people are understandably getting a little antsy about the stay-at-home order and how long that's going to last. And there's concern about uh, how quickly we can transition back uh, into uh, semi-normal life as a state. I think that's going to be a while, and the governor recognizes that, but certainly senses the needs of workers who are out of work and need to get back to work, and certainly faith communities as well. We want to get back to worship, um, and we want to get back into our churches and our schools and our communities. Unfortunately, uh, schools are going to be closed for the rest of the year from the standpoint of in-person education and instruction, but overall I think he's doing a good job, and I think the big thing is uh, going forward here in Minnesota, how do we recognize the, the reality that a vaccine is probably not on the horizon, but um, how do we start transitioning back into more uh, public activity? And I think with this breakthrough on testing, hopefully that gets ramped up here in Minnesota in the next couple of weeks, collaboration between the University of Minnesota and Mayo Clinic, and uh, we start coming back online here rather shortly. So overall, I certainly commend the governor for his uh, work in this crisis, but also the legislators as well for working in a very bipartisan way to address these challenges as they've arisen. Right. You know, Jason, you you know, as you brought up that topic about uh, thinking of the prisoners and the prisons, it just it just struck me in a deep way. Like, yeah, there's so many things going on out there that I'm not even thinking about. I I'm not sitting here thinking about the prisoners or what they're going through. I mean, you know, we're each of us is kind of being overwhelmed by our own how this is affecting us. What other what other things out there? And I just realized the value of your voice, you know, the value of your voice, thinking of the things that maybe we're not thinking of. What other things are out there that maybe the, your average Catholic should kind of be tuning into or thinking about 
and maybe lending a voice to that, that this is affecting? Well, I think that it starts, you know, with seeing with the eyes of Christ, right? And uh, how do we how do we understand discipleship? And the Beatitudes and the corporal and spiritual works of mercy are a great, great place to start. And so we think, especially in the terms of the corporal works of mercy during a time of crisis, we have to start looking around us in our own concrete situations and saying, well, how can I, what does this mean in our time? What does it mean to clothe the naked and visit the widows and the prisoners? I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, that visit the widows and the prisoners, I love these stories of priests getting uh, PPE equipment and then just being assigned to nursing homes and long-term care facilities and, you know, just being entrepreneurial in their ministry. Um, but I think... Uh, Immigrants, right? Welcoming the stranger. They're left behind in all these aid programs, right? So how do uh, the immigrants who are working in our fields, uh, you know, you can't pick strawberries from home, right? So what do, what do farm workers, mostly, most of whom are immigrants uh, and ex-refugees, what do they need right now, given that they're not going to receive stimulus checks? Um, at the same time, though, vaccines, everyone wants the vaccine. But then people are calling for vaccines to be developed with uh, aborted fetal tissue. Right? So uh, how, how do we create vaccines that are ethical? So the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops just put out an action alert that we'll be sending out today with regard to making sure that the Trump administration doesn't lift the ban on the use of new stem fetal stem cell lines or ethical for, um, for uh, vaccine research and to make sure that we're not even using old strains that are still on file for that vaccine research as well. So everything from starting with the corporal works of mercy and see how they manifest themselves in this crisis um, and at the same time, looking at other issues like vaccines, well, there's a good way to do that, and there's a less good way to do that. And just because we can do something scientifically, it doesn't necessarily mean sure that it honors the value and sanctity of human life. Mm-hmm. And as you just mentioned, the uh, concern about uh, producing vaccines in an ethical way, we just have a couple of minutes left with you, Jason. Um, is there anything else uh, quickly that you could be uh, that you could share with us that's maybe sitting on the top of a pile of uh, papers on your desk that uh, uh, you'll be um, uh, on behalf of the Catholic Conference uh, approaching uh, the governor and uh, the administration in the next few days? Well, the sheer breadth of the work that we're doing is uh, dizzying, and we certainly appreciate everyone's prayers as we try to keep on top of everything from vaccination research to what's going on in the prisons uh, to our non-public schools and our Catholic schools. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the challenges we're working on is uh, unemployment insurance as well, making sure that people have access to unemployment insurance, but um, also to make sure that our employers, our Catholic employers, are not overly burdened by uh, the bill when some of those employment payment unemployment payments to the state comes come due. So some of our Catholic employers, uh, whether it's a diocese or a school or a parish, they cooperate with the state on unemployment insurance, and uh, the state sends them a bill once they have employees who've been on unemployment. Well, if you get five or six or seven of those at one time, that's pretty difficult to pay. So managing the process by which is, by which entities that serve as reimbursing employers with the state. Um, that they can pay those back um, in a way that uh, is not going to crush them financially. So to, there's just so many moving pieces right now, and the, that work um, is ongoing. And so we really need everyone's prayers uh, to just keep track of it all and on top of it for sure. And we are, yeah, we're definitely grateful that uh, you were one of the people who were at the helm there. And uh, on behalf of all of us, uh, in terms of uh, listeners here at Real Presence Radio, our continued prayers for for you and your family as um, as you continue the important work that you're doing. So, Jason Atkins, thanks so much for the time that you've spent with us today. 
God bless you. Thanks for uh, the conversation and look forward to speaking again next week. Wonderful. And uh, just a reminder that uh, there are uh, similar public policy uh, organizations of various states, uh, particularly I'm thinking of the North Dakota Catholic Conference. We visited with uh, Jason's uh, counterpart, um, Christopher Dodson, just a few days ago about some of these issues as well. So they are on the front lines, you might say, uh, being advocates for us and for upholding the gospel in these uh, very challenging days. So coming up after this next break, what is it like to run a university when there aren't any students on campus? We'll be visiting with the president of St. Mary's University of Minnesota in Winona, Father James Burns, uh, who will share his experience as he reflects on these unique circumstances. So there's plenty more ahead on Real Presence Live. Please stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence. 